So can you hear me? So uh, strap yourselves in <laughs> because we are going to be all over the place tonight. I've got my notes and everything, but I barely ever follow them. So we'll see what we get. I want to talk about dreaming. We spend a third of our lives sleeping. And a part of that, we spend dreaming. And I want to teach you how to use your dreams. What is a dream? Well, there are basically two definitions of dreaming, of, of what a dream is. And the difference in those two definitions is one word. Dreams are thoughts, images, sensations, and emotions that occur in the mind while the mind is asleep. The other definition is dreams are thoughts, images, sensations, and emotions that occur in the mind while a person is asleep. Now, what's the difference? Person, mind, person, mind. I tend to believe that the mind never goes to sleep. I go to sleep, but my mind never goes to sleep. My subconscious mind is always active, and sometimes it brings in my conscious mind. I just don't wake up. And we'll get into that when I start to talk about lucid dreams. Now, when we read in the Bible, and I'm, I'm going to do a little Larry thing here, <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> in the Hebrew names version, dream is mentioned 61 times, and dreams are mentioned 23 times. In the New King James Version, 59 times for dream. 25 times for dreams. In the King James Version, it's 61 times for dream and uh, 21 times for dreams. Dreams usually happen during REM, rapid eye movement, and that's the second or third phase of sleep. That's when your body goes into self-paralysis. You cannot move. Now, you'll probably wonder, well, what about sleepwalkers? Generally, sleepwalking happens in the first cycle of sleep. And it's something that young people and not so young people, but not uh, experience more than people my age and older people. Now, oh, that was cool. Why do people dream? Sometimes our dreams are given to us to process and consolidate memories. Memories of the day, memories of our lives, memories in the past. It allows us to bring those memories together and deal with them. Memory, uh, dreams can also be used for creativity. Larry Page invented Google through a dream. Elias Howe, the sewing machine, Dr. James Watson, the DNA helix, Albert Einstein, theory of relativity, Mary Shelley dreamed of Frankenstein. Niels Bohr, he saw the structure of an atom in a dream. Salvador Dali, I don't know if you've ever seen this picture where these clocks are just melting he saw that picture in a dream. And James Cameron, I'll be back. He dreamed about the Terminator. Dreams can be used for problem solving. And I'm going to talk about a word that I will go into later on tonight, too. The word is intention. 
Now, when we talk about these next two things, problem solving and processing emotion, it is good to have intention. We're not going to dive into that yet. We'll dive into that later. But remember the word intention. There are all kinds of dreams, and I'm just going to talk about a couple of them. I'm not going to talk about all of them because I'll go through a, a list of them, but you probably have different dreams than that. So I'm just going to deal with a, a few of them. Now, there are the normal dreams that are not all that exciting. You're in the dream. You're walking along. You're doing whatever you want to do. You're not in control of everything. It's like you're, it's scripted. You're talking, blah, 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 blah. Those are the normal dreams. I'm going to skip to reoccurring dreams because reoccurring dreams, when a person thinks of reoccurring dreams, they think of a dream that they have over and over and over again. It doesn't have to happen three days in a row, uh, two days in a row, three days in a row. You can have it one week and then have it the next week and have it three weeks later. But it seems to be the same dream over and over again. Or you can experience a dream where, oh, it's like I've, I've done this before. I've seen this before. I've, And that's kind of a reoccurring dream. And I'm going to talk about something. I'm going to introduce something else in this right now. Journaling. Reoccurring dreams seem to be the same dream over and over again, but there may be variations in that dream. And if you journal your dream, you'll catch those variations. And those variations can speak to you about why you're having that dream. Now, I'm going to quickly give you my four rules for dreams. My first rule is everybody dreams. Now, some of you may disagree with me. I understand that, but I believe everybody dreams. My second rule is you can be the most powerful person in your dream. My third rule is dreams are designed to help you. And I include in that nightmares what we call nightmares. And I'm going to show you a way to deal with the nightmares. And then the last part is, you can be the most powerful person in your dream because you can do anything in your dream. You can do anything in your dream. I'll get into that later. I'm not going to give it away now. So, reoccurring dreams that seem to happen over and over again, the same thing, if you journal you will catch the differences and you will begin to understand why you're having that dream. And there's some other things that you can do in your dreams to help you understand what you're dreaming and why you're dreaming it. So let's jump into nightmares. Everybody, <laughs> let's, yeah, let's jump into nightmares. Nightmares can be scary. They can be, they can be scary. But they can also be, they can also show you your strength. In a nightmare, and again, we, I'm going to use that word intention. If you're a person that, is, that has nightmares a lot, then what you might want to do is create an intention to deal with that nightmare. And how you do that is, you relax, you meditate, and you, you say to yourself, you give yourself a little mantra. Tonight, when I, have a mon when I have a nightmare, I am going to do this. 
Tonight when I have a you make up your mind and you see yourself doing something. Now, how is that going to work? Well, I'm sure everybody in this room has put an intention in their mind and done something. Like take, for instance, you had an appointment the next day and you had to wake up early. And you told yourself, I got to be up at 6.30 in the morning. And you forgot to set your clock. <laughs> but you got up at 6.30 in the morning. You put that intention inside of yourself and your body responded to it. You can do the same thing with your dreams. You can create an intention to do something in your dreams and that thing can happen in your dreams. Intention, intention. So when you're dealing with nightmares and you know the four rules, one of them is you can be the most powerful person in your dreams because you can do anything then the thing that you are afraid of in that nightmare, the thing that is frightening you, maybe it's coming towards you, you can deal with it. Now, I used to deal with my nightmares. I used to get chased by bears a lot in my nightmares when I was a child. And becoming lucid in your dream, and I'll, uh, lucid is, well, I'm not going to define it now, but becoming lucid in your dreams is very easy when you're having a nightmare. Very easy. And what I used to do was I would stop running, I would hold my hands, I would make the decision to hold my hands out like that, and I would let a breeze catch me and fly me away from the bear. I'd do that every time. I would learn decades later that, Dave, you were actually lucid dreaming. You were awake in your dreams making a decision. You were conscious in your dreams. And that's been scientifically proven. Uh, for, the, for so many decades, uh, Stephen LaBerge, Robert Wagner, Robert Wagoner, not the actor, but the doctor, they have proven through EKGs and things like that that you can actually be awake in your dreams. Now, I'm going I'm to give you some things to, if you do have a lucid dream, there's some things that you don't want to do, but we'll get into that a little later. And I'll coach you through that because lucid dreams are, man, they are, they are, they are fun. They are, you can, oh, the stuff you can do in a lucid dream. Okay, so you have the types of dreams. We talked about nightmares. I haven't dealt, uh, dealt, dealt a little bit with lucid dreaming. Okay, so, and I gave you my four rules of, oh, I forgot about that one. Prophetic dreams are the, well, in Louisiana, they have a saying, something is the lick, or something is the dog's lick. When a dog loves you, they lick you. <laughs> and so, prophetic dreams are the lick. Do you know what daddy is doing with you in a prophetic dream? How many of you have, have had prophetic dreams? Raise your hand. Oh, that is fantastic. So you know what daddy is doing to you in a prophetic dream. You're going to the future. You're going to an event that he's taking you to an event that hasn't happened. That is mind-boggling. You're in, Daddy puts you in a time machine and lets you witness something. And how many of you rem 
can, can verbalize that prophetic dream that you had, had even today? Raise your hand. They stick with you. They stay in you. Now, the thing about prophetic dreams is some of them are personal, for, just for you. I've had a couple of those. And some of them are for, are, are for the public. And we, we need to be careful about if it's for me or if it's for everybody. That's, that's just a, a word of caution. Okay, so epic dreams. I don't have too many epic dreams unless I'm sur- in my In my lucid dreams, I like to surf in the sky. But, you know, I don't, I don't have a lot of epic dreams. Now, the elements of a dream. Stephen LaBerge writes about uh, characters in a dream. He believes that our dreams are, they're not limited to our heads. They're not limited to our minds. I refer to what he talks about as the dream realm. The characters in your dreams can be either mind-created, and this is going to sound really weird, but bear with me, Inhabitants of the realm. (laughs) Inhabitants of the realm. Now, I say that because when you're having a lucid dream, you can make your mind, the ones created by your mind, you can make them go away. All you got to do is say, every character created by my mind disappear. And within a second and a half, they're gone. But you got all of these other people there. What's up with them? I can't fully explain that. I'm not even going to try. But the thing that you want to do in a lucid dream is, and I'll talk about this later too, show respect. Show respect. You don't ever want to walk up to an inhabitant or a dream con- construct that you created and say, how does it feel to be in my dream? <laughs> you might get a strange look. <laughs> Settings, mental constructs, what exists in the dream realm. If you can create things in your dream, like as I said, you can create anything in your dream. You can create just anything in your dream. When you're walking around in the dream and you turn this way, that's already created. That exists. You turn this way, that's already created. It exists. Anyway, it's already done. The weird thing about that is if you take your hand and you do it like this in a dream, you'll be missing digits. Maybe your fingers will be really long, but it will look really weird for a second and a half. And then it'll snap back, which means your mind has to recreate what your hand looks like. It's got a, no, my hand's not supposed to be like that. It'll snap back to what it looks like. But why doesn't it do that when I do this, or when I do this, or when I, why doesn't that same thing happen with the things that I see, the settings that I see? That's why I believe that it's a realm. Now, there are some things that we do create, but for the most part, Wagner and Leberge believe that it's a realm where things already exist. Events. That goes back to memory. That goes back to experiences that you've had. You can relive an experience, uh, an event in a dream. 
or you can have a totally new experience in a dream. I had this wonderful experience where I was surfing in the sky and just having a blast, just loving it. And as I was surfing, I saw this guy sitting on a bench, and he was just, I could tell he was just sad. And Daddy said, Daddy's going to talk to you in your dream. So that's, a, that's also a wonderful thing. Daddy said, I, I need to go talk to him. I didn't want to do that. I'm having too much fun. I'm on my surfboard just, just loving it. And he said, you need to go talk to him. Now, how many of you have read Lord of the Rings? Okay, so most of you are not going to know what a warg is. <laughs> a warg is a giant werewolf type wolf thing on, me on, on meth. <laughs> That's the best way to describe them. Well, there were about five or six of them running around this guy, but they weren't attacking him. They were just running around. And I'm looking at them, and I, Daddy says, go talk to him, so I'm going to go talk to him. I'm not worried about the wargs. Because, why am I not worried about the wargs? Huh? I'm the most powerful person in my dream. So I land my surfboard, I go sit down, and they start running towards me. And I'm looking at them coming towards me. Haven't started talking to him yet. Looking at them coming towards me. And this is what happens in a nightmare. If you have the courage, if you have put the intention of, in you that you are the strongest person in that dream, most of the time, it's, it's happened every time with me, the thing that you fear in coming towards you will begin to mutate, will begin to change. They will become less fearful looking. By the time the wargs got to me, there were those long, slobbery dogs. that They're kind of long, and they have those big ears. Basset hounds. They were just a bunch of basset hounds hopping up on my legs, licking me and, you know, letting me give them hugs and stuff like that. Because what was supposed to strike fear in me became something that I didn't fear. And so it morphed into something that I could hold and love and take care of. If you have the courage, if those of you who have nightmares, and it, I, I, I know <laughs> nightmares can be, uh, wow. But if you can get that intention in you that you are the most powerful person, then by the time that thing that you fear reaches you, it's going to be something totally different. And then you can talk to it. You can ask it questions. You can find out what it is. Lucid dreaming is becoming a part of therapies around the world. Therapists and doctors and psychologists are starting to use and starting to induce lucid dreams in their patients to get them to deal with stuff in their unconsciousness. Symbols. You'll see books that uh, a snake means this and a tree means this and a car means this. I really don't believe in those books because I think we're too individualized to, to attribute. A tree might mean something different to you than to you. A snake might mean something different to me than to you. You, and fortunately, Daddy gives us the ability to interpret. If you have a dream and you've journaled that dream, ask Daddy about that dream. 
What does this stuff mean to me? And he will tell you. Narratives are basically just normal dreams. You go from one, you go, it's sequential, A to B to C to D, one point to another. Personal experiences, again, memories, emotions, things like that. The difficulty of remembering dreams. Dreams have what I call positional memory. When you wake up from a dream, the first thing you don't want to do is move. If you want to remember your dream, don't move. If you're sleeping on your side, stay on your side. If you're sleeping on your back, stay on your back. Don't move. The second you move, it's like you're moving out of the memory of that dream. So stay in, but dreams are positional. So stay in that position and then ask yourself some questions like, how am I feeling? Or what was I thinking? Or what's the last thing I was doing? And you'll begin to put those pieces of the dream together. And you'll find that if you start to chase the memory of a dream immediately, don't force it, but, you know, kind of go after it. You'll remember more of it even as the day goes on. You'll, in the middle of the day, you might remember something about the dream and you can journal that. Dreams are, uh, another difficulty with, with remembering dreams is the fact that they happen in the, we're the, such a deep stage, second and third stage. It's just hard to remember stuff that happens when you're, when you're that immersed in sleep. Another thing that's hard to, that makes dreams hard to uh, remember is they're so wacky. Anything can happen in a dream. Did you know you could walk through a wall? In a dream, I do it all the time. You can walk through walls. You have telekinetic powers in dreams. I saw this guy, he was driving, in, in a dream, he was driving a black raptor. I love raptors. And he had stopped, and I was on a platform, and I thought, Let's see if I can lift that truck. And I did the Jedi thing. And I lifted the truck, and I dropped it. It felt kind of bad. <laughs> but I was able to lift it. So they're so unrelatable, and so many things that are happening in the dream have no reference point in reality. They're just, it's just so different. That's one of the things, and there's, no, there's not really a reference point that you can lock in, and that's why it's so important to, number one, when you wake up, stay still, and then begin to ask yourself what you're feeling and try to remember um, what you were dreaming. The transient nature of dreams. Dreams are fleeting. They leave quickly. You, the static of the day, what you're going to do today will chase that dream right out of your mind. Unless you have the intention of remembering that dream. I talked about positional memory, the static of the day, enhancing the ability to have dreams. Daytime meditation is excellent for Enhancing your ability to have dreams. Building intention about your dreams, what you intend to do with your dream. Even telling yourself what you're going to dream about, meditation is fantastic for doing that. And I suggest, you know, just meditating in general anyway. Calming your mind. We're going to, um, and 
relaxing, trying to make your mind blank. I read a guy, uh, there's a guy named Eckhart Tolle. And he, t- he teaches in his book, I think it's called One, he teaches you how to blank your mind. How many people have tried to blank their mind? It's, it's kind of hard to do. The way he does it is, he says, okay, the next time you try to blank your mind, relax and ask yourself, what's the next thing I'm going to think? Your mind will go blank. (laughs) You won't think anything. (laughs) Abstaining from unnecessary medications enhances your ability. Abstaining from alcohol and caffeine, stay away from the caffeine. No visual electronics an hour before going to bed. If you have to, you know, read, write, meditate, listen to something. But try to stay away from stuff that, that, you know, This is most important if you want to retain your dreams. If you're not journaling your dreams, forget it. Forget it. You have to journal your dreams if you want to remember them. If you want to remember more of them. Because journaling your dream creates intention. You go to sleep. At least I go to sleep telling myself I'm going to remember my dreams. And as soon as I wake up, no matter what time of the day, I keep my tablet next to my bed and I turn it on, but the, the, I have the nighttime guard on it so that my eyes aren't assaulted. And I journal that dream. I'll journal three and four dreams a night. We talked about, uh, don't move. When you get up, don't move. Ask yourself some questions. Let's see. What is that? (laughs) Oh, yes. As you ask yourself about dreams, as you get up, not moving, and begin to try to retain those dreams, you'll get pieces of them during the day. You may get a piece of it a day later, two days later. You may get a piece of it maybe a week later. And now for the fun stuff. Lucid dreaming. Okay, so we're not going to use that. The fun stuff. Okay. The benefits of lucid dreaming. Stephen LeBerge and Wagner talk about people healing themselves. Talks about a lady who had plantar warts. Has anybody known anybody or ever had plantar warts? Well, they happen in your feet and you can barely walk. So this lady, she was taught how to, she was a lucid dreamer, and she was taught how to use her lucid dreams. And so what she did was she created a warm ball of light. And she said that that ball of light would heal her, her feet. And she had this little poem that she would, she would say, uh, through, my, through my heart with power divine, on my feet, this light will heal and shine. Something like that. Three days later, her plantar warts were gone. Another person uh, that LaBerge talks about had a problem with his knee, and he did about the same thing and healed his knee. Self-healing physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. 
When you're in a lucid dream, you can speak to any of the entities in your dream. And you also get to see you. See, the stuff that we walk around during the day, Dave has this project normal. <laughs> Dave's got, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff going inside of Dave that he doesn't want anybody to see. So I project normal. A lot of people project normal. You don't get to do that in your dreams. You are you in your dreams. If you're selfish, you're going to be selfish in your dreams, and that's something you can work on. If you are, if you have low self-esteem, you can build that self-esteem in your dreams. You get to see you in your dreams, and you get to work on you in your dreams. Spiritually, talking to daddy is the lick. It is a it is wonderful talking to daddy in your dreams. Some of the reading sources that, um, if you're ever interested in getting into this, Stephen LeBears, Robert Wagner, Andrew Holacek, Charlie Morley, and Eckhart Tolle, Controlling Your Dreams, Induced Lucid Dreaming, Lucid Dreaming, Lucid Dreaming Plain and Simple, Dream Yoga, Lucid Dreaming Made Easy. If you're going to do lucid dreaming, one of the things that you want to do is you want to give yourself a spiritual barrier because we all, most of us, realize that there's more to life in this reality than what we can see. There are a lot of things moving around in this reality that have an influence and an effect on our life. And so what I do is if I want to have, if I'm, I'm not going to have a lucid dream, I want to prepare myself. Psalms 34, 7. The angel of the Lord encamps around all those who fear him and delivers him. So nothing gets in. I don't want any foul, unclean spirits messing with my sleep. Leave me alone. And that's probably why I don't have nightmares anymore. We talked about intention. There are several ways to induce lucid dreaming. One is called mild, mnemonic inducement of lucid dreaming. That's where you, you've just had a dream, you journal that dream, and then you re-journal that dream. You re-journal that dream and you change it to what you would want it to be and you concentrate on that. You put that in your head and you go to sleep with that and LeBerge says that'll take you right back into that dream, that lucid dream, and you can do whatever you want with the outcome of that dream. You can change the outcome of that dream. There's the wake back to bed. That's kind of like mild. Almost the same process. And in both of those, you're taking about 20 minutes to think about what you've been dreaming and then to let yourself slip right back into sleep. What not to do when you have a lucid dream? Don't get excited. Do not get excited. Don't start screaming, how am I having a lucid? You're going to wake up. Here's something that you do do when you have a lucid dream. This is going to seem really stupid, but <laughs> what it does is it roots you into your dream. I'm telling you, it's going to look stupid. It roots you into your dream, and it prolongs your dream. This is what you do. That actually roots you into your dream, 
and prolongs it. And you can do that. You can keep doing that in your dream to get, you know, to give you a little more time in the dream. Now, it's it's not gonna it's not gonna work forever. You're gonna wake up, but you can that roots you into the dream, gets you deeper into the dream, and it makes the dream last a little longer. Show respect. Don't stare at anything for more than seven seconds. That will wake you up. Do experiments in your dream. Ask questions in your dream. The last thing I'm going to talk about is the mist. There's a mystery in lucid dreaming, and nobody's figured that what that mystery is yet. But it's it's really very interesting. Um, so don't stare at anything. Do experiments. Ask questions. Solve problems. Deal with deal with you. Enhance you. Learn about you. Fix you. Let daddy fix you. You can do just about anything you want in a dream. The laws of physics and nature do not apply unless you apply them. Your lucid dreams can be as free. You can do anything you want depending on what you go into that dream thinking. If you think that gravity is going to work in your dream, gravity is going to work in your dream. If you don't think gravity is going to work in your dream, you're going to be floating. You're going to be flying. You can fly in space. You can breathe underwater. You can become a dolphin or a bird. You can become a cat. You can walk through walls. You can create things out of nothing. You can heal yourself physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. You can find out, and this was really interesting, what your body note is. Yeah, your body note. I did that in a, in, in a dream. I asked, I want to hear my body note. And it was just one beautiful note. Try that sometime in your next lucid dream, when you have a lucid dream. Ask to hear your body note. The big mystery of lucid dreaming. So you got all of these characters in your dreams. You could talk to them, ask them questions. You can ask yourself questions. One of the things that LaBerge and Wagner are talking about, if you're creative and you write and things like that, you can actually summon the characters in your book. And you could ask, if, you're, if, you, if you hit a, a, a brain freeze, you can ask that character, like one of my characters, his name is Threat. The book's already finished, so I'm, I'm... But if I hit a brain freeze and I'm in a lucid dream, I could say, okay, Threat, you are now standing behind me. I turn around and there's Threat. And I ask him, so Threat, I'm stuck. What do I do next? Wagner and LeBaire say that they can help you with your creation. They can help you with what you're doing. I camped on lucid dreaming a lot uh, most, for most of this because there's so much that we can do with lucid dreaming. I talked a lot about nightmares because you can overcome, if you're a person that has nightmares, you can overcome those nightmares and you can begin to understand why you're having them. We talked about reoccurring dreams. Why do they, why do they keep happening? If you can pinpoint the variations in those dreams, you can find out why you're having those dreams. When my dad was killed when I was four years old, I had this dream continually for years about sitting in the back of the this big black car with my mom on one side, my brother on the other side. And we were driving through this 
cemetery, gently knocking over tombstones. That dream finally came to an end. I've never really asked about it. Maybe someday I will. But we spend so much time dreaming. And what what does Daddy tell us in Acts chapter 2 about dreams? Your young men will have visions and your old men will have dreams. All of us have dreams. All of us have dreams. Let's use those dreams to enhance us. Let's not be afraid of what might seem to be negative dreams. Because I'm going to take this saying and I'm going to apply it to this. Greater are you, greater is he that is in you than anything else in your dreams. Let daddy enhance you with dreaming. Thank you. Any questions? So the question I have is, what's a lucid dream? A lucid dream is where you are conscious, you are awake in your dream. You are actually awake in your dream. That's why you don't want to get excited. You realize, I'm dreaming. So what we, what uh, LeBarge and Wagner teach you to do, they tell you to do, is they tell you to do this. They tell you to smile. That tamps down your excitement so that you're not catapulted out of your dream by being all happy that you're dreaming. And then from that point on, you just stay, keep your emotions not bottled up, but try to keep them, don't suppress them, but just try not to get all excited so that you're booted out of your dream. Are lucid dreams easier to remember? Lucid dreams are very easy to. They're the easiest dreams to remember because they are so exciting. They stay with you. A lot of times after you've had a lucid dream, you wake up refreshed and rested. You can have two and three lucid dreams in the morning. And most of the time they do happen in the morning. Most of the time after two and three o'clock. couple questions. Your four rules. Yes. Can you review those? Yes. Thank you. Okay, so... <laughs> First rule is everybody dreams. I believe everybody dreams. The reason why people don't think they dream is they forget them. Once you move, bam, that dream is in the past. Second uh, rule is, and these are interchangeable, all dreams are designed to help you, enhance you, to make you a better person, even nightmares. Okay. Once you you learn how to deal with those nightmares, once you walk into a nightmare with intention, you're a super person. You are greater are you, greater is he that is in you than anything in that dream. The other rule is you can do anything in your dreams. Anything in your dreams. You can fly. You can walk through walls. You can create things out of nothing. Every once in a while in my dream, I will create a spiral notebook laying on the ground behind me. It's, I, you know, I'll do it like this. And, okay, there's a spiral notebook behind me on the ground. I'll turn around. There's a spiral notebook on the ground behind me. I'll pick it up and I'll start. I'll walk through a wall. I'll create a window. Um, my last rule. Let's see what huh? You are the most powerful person in your dream. Now, I forgot about talk, talk about one thing, the mystery voice. You can talk to all of the entities in your dream, your constructs that you create with your mind, and then the, the inhabitants of the realm. But there's one more voice 
And I like to talk to that voice. And I, I'm not sure it's daddy because it doesn't, it's, it's peaceful and it's wonderful. But there's a peace that I have when I talk to daddy. There's a, there's a little kid joy that I have when I'm talking to daddy. And this voice is, it's like I'm talking to an, an angel or something. You get by yourself, you're, maybe you're a servant of the air like I am, and you ask a question. And it answers. Now, the answer may be vague, and you can ask it to elaborate. Mm. That's, nobody has figured that out yet, but that's, that's really interesting. That's very interesting. Well, I've experienced some of these things. Now, mm-hmm. I've had the ability to end a dream. Yes. If I was just uncomfortable <laughs> in the dream, I'm like, okay, that's it. That, you're, that's lucid. You that's were lucid, lucid at that point. Okay. Now, what you were describing about <laughs> actively participating and choosing what you're going to do and those kind of, that is new information to mm-hmm. me. I can't say that I've ever uh, experienced anything like that. Have you ever had anybody visit you in your dream that you did not invite? Yes. Okay. And I, my, okay, so my family, my family's from Louisiana. Um, my ancestors are from the Arch- were from the Archonaut Plantation in Maryland. When Maryland abolished slavery, they all moved down south to Rapids Parish, Louisiana. And the, the, the plantation was, was in the Sonia Quarter, what's called the Sonia Quarters. I've got relatives still living in the Sonia Quarters. I've got ancestors that have, that have homes there. And they were into everything. My great-grandmother... At least this is what my aunts would tell me. If you had an, if you had an ailment, she had an herb. <laughs> she could take care of it. And so very, 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 not so much religious, but spiritual. I had a, a young cousin that could see ghosts. They said she could see ghosts. My niece, she used, when she was very young, like two or three years old, she used to point at the TV and say, D, D. And my brother and his wife would, the TV's off. She's pointing at the TV. So one day he set up a camera behind her. And he took a picture when she said that. And there was a figure on the screen. The TV was off. I had to go to the bathroom after looking at that picture. (laughs) So I come from a very spiritual family. And because of that, my, in my earlier years, I invited not-so-nice things in my life. And bless God, he taught me how to deal with those things. My mom, the story she would, she worked for the Forest Service, and at least three to four times out of ten when they sent her on a trip, she got put in a room where somebody died. And she would have to deal with those spirits. So, yeah, things that did not belong have entered my dreams. I've since learned, I've not had that problem for years since I've learned to guard my dreams now. But getting up to that point, I was taught to put the name of 
at the time, Jesus in the back of your mind. Because sometimes you're going to, I know this is going to sound really hokey, but you're not going to be able to speak. You can't speak. And so what you've got to do is you've got to take that name and literally bring it to, this is what I see when I do it, bring it to your tongue, the tip of your tongue, and then you have to say, Jesus, 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 Jesus. It's, it, it, it gets that dramatic. All right, Dave. My question's not about your dreams, but I think it would be important um, for people that might not understand. I'd love you to share when you transitioned to talk to God versus Daddy and how you how you changed. What did that look like for you in that transition? Because you, you talk about Daddy so normally, mm-hmm. and I remember... Someone else I knew years ago in our home group that would refer to God as dad. And I just remember that took me back the first time I heard it. It doesn't anymore because of that personal relationship. But I think it would be worth sharing briefly, if you could, just that transition. How did that how that happen for you? And what did you used to call him? Three times. Three times. I believe I've died three times. Now, that third time might not have been death. It might have been something else, but my mom told me about the first two times I died. I was born two months premature in 1957. <laughs> Try that. <laughs> yeah, so they had me, uh, they had to resuscitate me, and I stayed in an, uh, one of those little glass boxes things for almost two months. Kept me in there. Then I went home. I was home for like three or four weeks, and somehow or another, I got a respiratory thing going on, my mom walked in the room, and her baby wasn't breathing. We were in Japan on the base, and my mom said, your dad drove like a bat out of hell to the hospital. They resuscitated you. You stayed in the hospital for a little while longer, and then you got out. The third time, I don't know what daddy did. Well, before it happened, I don't know what God did. (laughs) But bear with me on this. I was visited by four angels. One put his hand here. One put his hand here. I don't know why. One put his hand here. And one put his hand here. And we took off. I mean, we... And it wasn't a dream because I had been studying dreams and I know the difference between dreams. This was something totally, whoa. I came to a screeching halt in front of God. I did not belong there. I had no business being before the throne of God. David did not belong there. I couldn't see daddy's face. This incredible, I mean, it was so bright, I should have been going like this, but I wasn't. I was bawling. I was, I, I knew I didn't belong there. 
I'm bawling. And the scripture that I have feared the most, I used to fear the most, we must all give an account for the things that we have done in the flesh. That, that scripture has always terrified me because I can see myself before the throne of God. Okay, what did you do? And for the next hundred years, I'm confessing every, every sin I've ever committed. That's not what happened. I got in front of daddy and I'm trying to tell him why I don't belong in his presence. I'm trying to tell God why I do not belong in his presence. I am falling snot, tears, just go every sin. I can remember every sin I've ever committed. And I am, I am throwing them at him. I don't belong here because I did. He interrupted me three times. You know what he said when he interrupted me? Can anybody guess? I love you. He said that the first time. I didn't slow down, though. I kept going. And he said it again. That's all he said. I love you. And I slowed down a little bit. And he said it. And I said, I love you too, Daddy. I love, and ever since then, I've called him Daddy. Yeah, those face-to-face changes everything. <laughs> Did you mention daydreaming at all? Do I you, didn't talk about daydreaming. Is it, is it similar to... Because I do a lot of daydreaming. Mm-hmm. I remember very little of my dreams, but daydreaming, I, it's constantly. Mm-hmm. When I try to meditate, I daydream a lot. I slip into a daydream. Um, daydreaming is more controlled in the sense that usually when I daydream, I, I, I'm thinking about something I want to think about. And so I slip right into that. I don't have as much on daydreaming as I do on just dreaming in general. But uh, I know that in when I when I am meditating and I do slip into a daydream, I slip right almost instantly into. I can have REM sleep during the day. <clears throat> I've been doing this so often that I could put myself in that second and uh, third cycle of sleep during the day, just sitting in. Sitting in a chair. So I don't have a lot of information on daydreaming, but yeah. that's something I will look at. I, uh, when, I, when I was working um, in, the, in the election business, uh, we had a lot of problems because it was all pressure. It was all getting the ballots out at the times. But then we'd have pro- the problem would come up, and we didn't know how to solve it. And we'd be working on it for days. And I had a dream, and I woke up. And I called, and I said, this is what you need to do. This is how to fix it. That's what it did. Amen. Amen. That happens, that happens so many times. And you, in a lucid dream, you can actually make that happen if you have intention. Just create intention. Intention is create a sentence that you're going to repeat to yourself over and over again before you go to sleep. And six times out of ten, that will happen. Oh, 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 yes. <laughs> hey, brother, thanks for sharing. I really enjoyed it. 
uh, your statement. I project normal. There's something to that. Um, I looked at, did a quick search online. I didn't see any immediate hits on T-shirts or anything of that nature, but uh, there could be a, a prophetic thing there for you, whether it's a book or or maybe it is a you know <laughs> a multi-million dollar T-shirt design that you come up with. But uh, I thought that was a significant statement. So, thank you. Project normal is, as I said before, it's what people. I'm a, I, I was essentially a criminal thinker. Most of you have no idea what that term means. I mean, it's easy for me to walk into a store and walk out with a candy bar that I haven't paid for. None of you would, uh, most of you, whoa, get away from me with that mess. A lot of criminal thinkers project normal. Oh, I'm just like you when they're not. So when I, when I talk about projecting normal, there are a lot of people that project normal, and they're really not. So can we talk a little bit more about these inhabitants and the mysterious voice? And how that's, uh, how do we, so to speak, from like First John, test the spirits and Mm-hmm. Be wary here, operating within the shield of of his spirit of of Holy Spirit. So, what are your thoughts on on that? Because I know that uh, we are much more open beings than we tend to believe, mm-hmm. and we can communicate with many things we don't even know we're communicating with. Yes. So, what are your thoughts on these inhabitants? Since they, you know, do they fit into the angelic, the fallen? something in between, something perhaps we don't even understand. Just kind of like to hear your thoughts on that topic. So that's what I talked about, guarding yourself. Psalm 34, 7. Set up your defense. Because you want to walk into a lucid dream, ready to go. You want to... Things can get in. Things, used to, things don't get into my dreams anymore, bless God. That's that. They don't, they don't, I just don't have nightmares. I don't have scary things in my dreams anymore. If you are intending to get into lucid dreaming, if you are having nightmares, form an intention that, number one, who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Righteous Jesus Christ. You are the righteous. Now, who can mess with that? Nothing can take it from me, but many things can deceive me to believing a lie. You, you can't, but in, put the intention in your mind, first guarding your mind, understanding who you are, and trusting. I trust Daddy. I trust him so much to keep me safe, to take care of me. And although I haven't had anything to, you know, come at me in decades, I think if something did, I'd see it and be able to handle it. One of the things that I do, not every time I go to sleep, if if I'm having like a bad day, uh, some fretting, a lot of stuff like that, the thing I do before I go to sleep is I banish any foul, unclean spirit around me. You got to go. You got to go. I need my sleep. Get out. Go. Leave me. Leave me alone. And I believe, because I have that authority, that it works. 
So have you ever, out of curiosity, asked them to profess that Jesus Christ came in the flesh and that he is Lord? I haven't. A lot of times I, I, get, I ask their names. I, you spend, I introduce myself. I'm David, you know. And, and sometimes they will, like I met a guy named Kevin. <laughs> and he was kind of resistive at giving me his name. But I don't see the entities that I encounter as adversarial. Uh, if they worship him, they probably don't mind professing him. Mm-hmm. And they probably don't. They probably don't. There are, there are times when I have worship services in my dreams. And those, mm-hmm. are, the, those are the lick. Singing, praising, dancing. Have they joined you in those worship services? Yes. I mean, there have been whole churches. There we went, I went to a, I thought it was a political rally, and the guy got up and started preaching. And everybody, how many of you have been to a black church? Okay, that's what happened. <laughs> that's what happened. <laughs> yes. Okay, I was just kind of curious on that, because I... Huh? Did I have what? No, just regular garb. <laughs> I was just curious on that because I know that uh, he can, can appear as a being of light uh-huh. and so forth. And even just on this, this uh, cruise Cheryl and I were just on, I, I encountered something that was impersonating Jesus. Uh-huh. But it couldn't profess that he was Lord. And it had to leave when I told it to leave. And so I was just kind of curious about that because I, I, I don't have any problem believing in realms and beings outside of the strictly defined and named <laughs> ones in Scripture. But uh, I don't know. I'd, a little bit of caution on that, I think, uh-huh. too. Uh, I've heard others that, that travel in the, the spiritual and in the dream realm talk about invite them to worship Jesus with you. <laughs> and if they can't, uh-huh. well, then you've got a problem. <laughs> So I was just kind of curious in your experience. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. You're welcome. Thank you very much, Dave. It was awesome.